another thing that was when the old school was up yet, when the kids wanted to play basketball, they'd go out with snow shovels and clean off the parking lot by the basketball hoop so they could practice. Because we didn't have a gym. We did not have a gym. At when, when I'm, glad, my, I'm glad when we my, have a gym now. When my brothers played, yeah, they they, they had no gym, so. So in the win- so in the winter, the guys would get out and clear off the parking lot. Yeah, for practice, right? Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a Bible verse, Colossians 1:17, which says, "Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together." Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations, they are an invitation. Because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance. And that is not what's best for us, with God, or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome back to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Jason Schockman. And I'm Pastor Lance O'Donnell. We are here with our special guest, Gary Michael Flanagan, who... Uh, once played on a basketball team managed and run by the youth group here at St. Paul's. And, and we had been talking about there was enough of these all over the state that you guys had tournaments, several tournaments a year, with youth group basketball teams. Yes, that's high school level. Hi, yeah, yeah, high school level youth group basketball teams. And part of what my observation was, uh, it, it, we talked about this kind of in our break is uh, I can't imagine a family being so dedicated to the church that they would rather have their kid play with the basketball team from church than one of the more quote unquote competitive teams in the, what what is it? ACC or UCC, AAU, AAU, that's what it is. The AAU teams that we have today are the club teams that have formed all over. And it's a, it's an interesting shift for me uh, to look at the history that you're telling that formed you so much. uh, And what I see today, knowing that those kids are being formed just as much by the teams and the coaches that they're playing with. Um, and and what a difference it is. So you you Gary were talking except, about except with a different purpose. And yeah. I want to I want to break in here, and that gets to Denny. Yeah, you know what? And you see that Denny. Well, all these churches were the same. Yeah. But that that youth group pas- basketball wasn't primarily about basketball, right? Where whereas the the teams, the club teams are. And Gary, you made it clear that Denny had a different plan. Yeah, basketball was one thing. Winning games is a good thing. You guys did a lot of that. But you prayed before every game. That is correct. And you prayed after every game. That is correct. And he taught you guys the Bible on Sunday nights. Mm -hmm. 
he was forming you as Christian men. Right. Not as basketball players. Right. He had a bigger goal for us. Yeah. And I think the basketball was just part of it to, you know, offset or tie everything together. Or tire you out so you were able to listen. <laughs> yeah. As case may be. Uh, we had talked about then this aspect of your Christian formation, and we talked about uh, your mom involved in your spiritual formation uh, in, in line with helping with memory work and making sure you came to church and even the school taking church attendance. Uh, where would you rank your Christian education on the list of things that formed you? Uh, top priority. Yeah. Can you tell me uh, more about that? Well, I have good memories of of school here and our Christian education. When we started here in 61, there was no kindergarten, so we went first grade. Um, kindergarten, you had to go over to, like, Greenland School or Park Lawn, and, and then you, you came here, and we all knew where we were going to come here because basically my brothers went to school here, but in the old school, that was in the parking lot. And that got tore down when this the 61 wing was opened. And uh, my mother and the, her sisters, Agnes and Doris, also went to St. Paul's here. So we were like the fourth generation of the school. And so a big point of it was, I can remember, is like I say, the church attendance, if you went to the church and and stuff like that in the religion classes and like you say your Wednesday thing and just special teachers that that meant a lot and had different priorities for you to help you along and I know Pastor Clausing one of them on a religion class you'd have Wednesday service and then you'd come back and then they'd ask questions see if you were paying attention. And I had a, I can't recall which teacher it was, but I sat up in church, and to this day, I can remember sitting on the right side in front of the pulpit, about three rows back, just trying to think, I got to remember something that he says. I got to remember something <laughs> that he says. And I'm going, you know, so, and to this day, I can remember what Pastor Clausing said, in about the three or four words, he says, someday you're going to join the angels in heaven. And that's one thing that, well, then I came back to the teacher, and she says, well, what did you guys learn? And there was a broader picture. But I said, well, we're going to join the angels in heaven. Well, what else? And I says, that's what I learned out of it. Now to this day, I still think of that when, when he said that. So. And you were about what age when that happened? Probably third grade. So, but who would, who would think that, you know, that is one thing that always comes to, comes to mind to me. And you said your, your mother and grandmother, did you say, were, had been students here? Uh, I know my mother and her sisters, uh, Doris and Agnes were, and grandma was a member. I can't say if she was for school or not, but she was that 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 is that is so amazing because the our congregation was founded in 1865 and so you know we are presently in the year of our lord 2022 we we are 
157 years old. We have... Yeah, we're coming up on old. We, we, we are uh, 157 years old. We have had a Christian school for most of that history. Um, and I think we're presently in something like the 148th or something like that consecutive year of Christian education. Of the schooling, right. Uh, and so this is absolutely central. I mean, a- absolute, absolutely core part of the identity of St. Paul's is teaching the faith to children. And, uh, you know, you're, you know, you, you mentioned your mom, you mentioned Denny's Astro, you talked about uh, being school in school here. I know there were some other people really important in your formation. Who else did you want to mention? Well, another person that had a shining light on me was uh, Lou Keller. Tell us who Lou Keller is. If the older people of the church with us would know who Lou is, and for the younger ones, Lou was a carpenter builder. He had a son, Brian, and, and uh, Lennon. Lou Jr. was actually killed in a car accident. And uh, Lou built our house where we live, or where our parents, where we grew up in that. And Lou was a member here. And he just did everything for the kids and was a basketball coach also and very well in sports. And I I heard he was an absolutely outstanding baseball player. Yes. And that likewise, um, his son. Yeah. Lou jr. Lou jr. Was as well. The kid that got killed Mm -hmm. and he was what in high school in the accident? No, he was, uh, in his twenties. He was actually, uh, in the farm club for the Cincinnati Reds. That's right. That one. Wow. He was in the farm club for the Reds. And Johnny Bench took a spot. Yowza. No kidding. Yeah. So so he in that farm system, Lou Keller was the Lou, ca- now this is Lou Jr. No, Lou, Lou Jr. Lou Keller Jr. was the catcher. Mm-hmm. And when he got killed, the guy who took his spot was the Johnny Bench. Johnny, Johnny Bench, Bench was in the same same thing at that time whoa yeah how good was that kid and so because i i've heard i've heard this talked about now and then i mean you know i've heard lou talked about because that was way before my time here yeah um and and the the way that kind of and because i know his son and we know their son brian brian brian's real good you know and talked about what a what a tragedy right his brother's death was but, so Lou, tell us a little bit more about Lou Keller. Well, Lou, he was always a, a good coach, and he was our basketball coach, and and like that, and and he would also put the kids first, and he would come and even after. Well, when you were fifty, you thought, man, you're playing men's league yet, and Lou was playing men's league when he was fifty, and we're now that's young, but uh, he would do that, and he would load us all up in his van. He had a, a work van, and he would take all the tools and stuff out of there. If we went, like, to Milwaukee Lutheran or Northwestern Tournament in Watertown when we are in grade school, put some benches in there, and we'd all jump in that van and head over there, play our tournament. In the, day, in the days before seatbelts were required. Right, <laughs> right. And we're all in his van. And, and somehow, somehow, they all survived. Yeah. So we did that, and... 
and he was just really good with the kids. How so? Tell us about it. how did how was he good with the kids? Well, if you needed a ride or need to be picked up, he would come and get you. If you needed extra help or food, what we would do is our annual one of our tournaments, we'd it would be treated we go to Burger King. And people that would hear this that were with us would know what we're talking about. And and uh, we'd all get Whoppers and stuff like that, and he'd take us for that. And then once we got done with that and back, if we had uniforms and stuff like that, you know, they were he'd clean them all up, and him and Dolores' wife, and, and that. And another thing that was when the old school was up yet, when – the kids wanted to play basketball. They'd go out with snow shovels and clean off the parking lot by the basketball hoop so they could practice. Because we didn't have a gym. We did not have a gym. At when, when glad, my, I'm glad when we my, have a gym now. When my brothers played, yeah, they they, they had no gym. So, so in the win, so in the winter, the guys would get out and clear off the parking lot. Yeah, for practice, right? And then if you could get a school that would let you come and play a game, or all your games would be away because we didn't have a gym. So it, uh, but Lou, Lou was that he would always do stuff for you and you'd be invited over to their house to watch any sporting event. You'd sit down in the basement with them. And of course, then it would be a little bit of the swing of the Bible time that would be put into it. You know, it's not, Hey, you're going to come here and do that. That all of a sudden it would just kind of get put into it. So, so I don't, yeah, Pastor Shockman, you know, that you, you may not have known, but I know re- last year you traveled to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And you saw the group home that we built in the we Dominican Republic. We actually didn't. I was on the other side of the oh, you, island. you didn't get to that? No. So uh, that group home. It just means I have to go back. Yeah, that, that group home <laughs> and the seminary, uh, the seminary facility that was originally built right up the hill there was... Uh, was built under the direction of a guy named Brian Keller. Oh, nice. That would be Lou Keller's son. Correct. Yeah, who is a builder. Who is a builder. Who learned it from his dad, who is a carpenter and a builder. Uh, Gary, what is it that you do? (laughs) Construction. Oh, you're a builder. Yeah. Huh. So I actually want to turn the conversation just a little bit to, to... to talk about you, Gary, these things have influenced you and, and formed you into the person that you are. Uh, and I, I made reference uh, in our last in our last episode about not being a switch or a wire or a, a pipe in this building that you haven't had your hands on. So, Gary, what drives you to serve the way that you do around this building? That's a... That's a good question. Once in a while, I wonder about that. <laughs> no, I just think I've I've been here, and I've helped out. Um, even we could go back to with my dad and uncle and that working doing lawn stuff when the school was built, and same way we would travel down, get up further up with Lou. Um, we would do carpenter work so many weeks of the summer and then three weeks or so we'd come down and clean the school, you know, we, and basically Brian and I were in grade school yeah. and then we would do that. And it just kept on, on the, 
doing things. And when Shelly, our oldest, started first grade, I was still on the church properties board then or, you know, with different people. And, and I just kind of stayed on and people knew that, you know, well, we got a question or whatever. And, and I basically learned this from older people that were here. I mean, everybody, y'all is here about Paul Ratke. He was the electrician part of it. And then you had uh, Bob Garkey, who was a carpenter that knew a lot of stuff and they just kind of, I followed along in it and this was by trial and error. And at sometimes you were the youngest guy. So if you had to climb up someplace or go up, you would be the one that's going up to do it and, uh, and that, but another part of it was when we were here in school, um, I can remember looking out the classroom windows and watching Kandura construction plow the parking lot. And Kandura Construction was owned by Lawrence Vogt, who was a member here. Hmm. He built the school. Oh, wow. So his guys were out plowing the snow, and I, I thought, someday I'll be doing that, you know. So, And now you do. And now I do. And, and I graduated in high school in 74. And at, by that time, Lawrence Vogt, who was, like I say, a member here in family, he says, you want to come and have a work for me? So, Okay. So I went out there and started working for him, and I stayed there for, I don't know, 20-some years. And, well, winter came. Well, why don't you go down and plow the church and do the snow? Okay. So that's that's how that got started. So I, I kept that, and I took over the all the plowing duties at Fort Kandura. I mean, we've we probably had 40 accounts mm. in, in Oconomowoc, and, and so then we did it, and then, as time went on, their company got a little bit older and this and that. And so then uh, I was hired by uh, Oliver Construction here in Oconomowoc. I went to school with Rob, and he says, well, if you want to come on over. Well, that meant I left my one job to come to the next job. Well, what are we going to do for the snow? Well, I says, I'll just keep taking care of it. So to this day, I'm. this is this will be this year will be the 48th year that we've been doing, doing that the parking. you have been yeah, doing the parking and, lot. And I line up people. And yeah. We get our volunteers here. Yeah. But, so but, do you ever plow something you shouldn't have? Mean here? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember it was Mr. Mr. one of Mr. Bolt's class or when Fred was principal that the kids made a bunch of snowmen out in the parking lot. Oh, Calvin and Hobbs, here we and go. And so, and... I was going around them, you know, just, I thought, well, the kids put them up. I'll leave them up and plow around them. Well, then all of a sudden I seen Fred gave me the sign through the window, knock them down. <laughs> well, okay. So we knocked them down. and So he made you be the bad guy. Yeah. So then you can hear all the kids screaming out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. Marvelous. No, it's, I probably got more miles backing up in this parking lot than people got coming straight, going I, straight. I would believe that. But uh, I would believe that. So it's, we know the route. And that's kind of our saying too, if if we're up doing Sunday morning steps or just a little bit, but, you know, I'll always check it and stuff like that. And people, well, thanks for coming. Who helped you out? And then you probably hear me say, well, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> he was here. 
you know. But then on that way, too, you can, a perk of that, if we're here at 2 in the morning or whatever, and you want to go sit down in church, you're all by yourself, you turn the one little light on, and you have your quiet time. Yeah. So that's that's a big part that people really don't know that I, I do. I would, ima- I would imagine people don't know that you do that. No, and some people do, and there has been other people that we scared each other once in a while. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know you were here, and I go, well, no, it's fine. You know, so it's... Because you've been doing a walkthrough in the building here pretty much every day since... Well, you graduated <laughs> high school 74. When yeah. did you start doing the walkthrough? Well, it all we used to have full-time custodians. Sure. You know, we at one point we had three. We had to come. So they would take care of it a lot, and then we would just do special projects. And that was a lot with uh, Bob Garkey and that after the addition was put on. And then as it slowed down, or not slowed down, but we hired out the cleaning service and some maintenance stuff and you weren't you didn't have the people here to keep checking so i would say probably last 15 15 20 years we've always been doing somebody's been doing kind of a, a walkthrough i do and since we since we <coughs> since we had to eliminate the full-time custodian position mm-hmm. okay yeah basically that was it and and uh I did coach uh, girls fifth and sixth grade basketball for 10 to 12 years. So I was here. So then after the basketball was over, let's just do a walkthrough quick and make sure everything's running. And, and, you know, that's just part of it. You have to look at it. If, if something's broke or something's not right, you just can't go home and say, well, we'll get it tomorrow because usually when something breaks, it's, it's well you probably seen me when we had the water leaking through the roof two years ago coming through so but uh but yeah it's it's just a it's a it's kind of like a habit even my wife mary joe knows now when we come to sunday or saturday night church and you're gonna go in there and she comes in the boiler room and looks what's going on and stuff like that (laughs) now she just goes with them yeah she comes she comes with me and and like this last weekend when our new thermostats for our air conditioning i wanted to check to make sure that those were working right and she says okay you go do that i'll meet you here so are they working right mm-hmm. of course they are yeah so it uh it's it's on it's ongoing and you can always find something that you got to check and what was the lesson your dad taught you again to Get it till it's done, basically. Yeah, do it, it, do it. Do it till it's done. Do it till it's uh, done. And folks, for, for those of you who don't know Gary Michael Flanagan, that resonates and shines through with everything I've seen him put his hands on. Uh, if it needs doing, Gary's more than likely involved around here. And if it needs doing, it's going to get done. One of the, because uh, we're coming up on time here. One of the things, you know, you mentioned some men, it, it really struck me the importance of when you were a young, you, when you were a boy, you had men mentoring you, you know, and take in taking you along in getting stuff done in the church and at, and at home, you know, and I know it wasn't just going on here. Um, and 
I want to reiterate for the, for the men who are listening here that the, the importance of, you know, it's pretty popular in the modern world to outsource that type of stuff. Um, yeah, don't, don't outsource it. Take, take your son, take your sons along, take your daughters along, teach them, teach them how to take care of stuff. Um, teach them about the importance of taking care of your house and taking care of God's house. And because, you know, we, we put, we put a pile of money into Christian education and stuff here. But if we, if we had to pay, if we had to pay for everything, I mean, we just wouldn't be able to do it. Right. I mean, you know, we, I mean, Gary, it's your, you know, and we're going to talk with Glenn Lydell as well, who's your, you know, your, your cohort. My co-partner. Yeah. The, his the, the other Chester. On the operations side here. And that'll be a future, that'll be a future podcast as well. But I mean, there, you know, you could mention, you know, but a number of, a number of other people, but it's really important that people step up to help in God's house and, and it, it your, you know, you guys doing this type of stuff um, helps uh, helps us focus on the things that need to. I mean, I, I think for Pastor Shackman and myself, I mean, it recalls the story earlier and early in Acts. You know, we, um, you know, I, I've I've served elsewhere, and nobody else would show up to shovel shovel snow. So, you know, on Sunday morning, the pastors out there, you know, shoveling shoveling snow, or during you know during the week, which isn't to say that a pastor shouldn't shovel snow, but, um, what a gift it is to walk in and see that it's done before you get there. And to not feel like a total sweat hog when I put your, my investments on, cause I just been busting my butt. Yeah. You know, shoveling snow. Shoveling snow. And, and that goes for a lot of things around mm-hmm. here, right? What a gift it is. What a blessing it is to us to not have to really worry because, We've got a Glenn and a Gary and an operations group that takes seriously the task that they learned of caring and for Alter God's Guild house. and Alter ladies Guild. aid. Oh. And, you know, I mean, it goes way beyond operations. You're right. You know? Um, and if we meant, tried to mention them all by name, we defend somebody <laughs> or right. we would be here for all time. Yeah. It would just, right? yeah. We so have to make a litany. Thank you, Gary. Uh, thank you, you dedicated members of a congregation who serve your family, your church family, and uh, and your pastor uh, in caring for God's house, in organizing and maintaining and managing these gifts that we have been given. Uh, it is truly, truly a blessing to serve beside you in this place. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to serve. It's, it's, it, it makes you feel good, and that's why you do it. And one point that I always look at are the stained glass windows with Martha and Mary when you're supposed to be listening to God's word in that. And I always look at that one in, in my mind. Okay, stop thinking about something that's broke and focus why you're here is on and that's Christ. That, that's interesting and that we, we could do a whole different episode because that's, <laughs> that's a, brilliant that would be a particular temptation of someone with your gifts is to you know and it, history and, and history is like because uh, you, you, what you just told us basically is you have to discipline yourself spiritually that when you're in worship 
to be there to hear the word and not be thinking about, I got to go fix this or I got to go check that. That um, That's correct. And that's that stained glass window is looked at many a times. <laughs> <laughs> Ever present reminder. Uh, Gary, Michael Flanagan, thank you so much for joining us on Christ in All Things. Uh, we look forward to serving with you and seeing you show up in random places in the building for no particular reason that we can figure out. I will do that for you. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either ChristInAllThings.org or SPLCO.org. In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping, as well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000 or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping. And a word of thanks, plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio by the Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleeping bananas. <laughs> Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or call us at 262-567-5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission. <laughs>